You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest look at the Detroit Tigers, and I'm joined by Jason Beck. Beck, uh, I was down in Lakeland uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, saw the renovations to, I mean, it's unrecognizable, the Tigers clubhouse, uh, you know, that whole area is, is totally different, and Joker Marchant Stadium uh, obviously is, is a huge upgrade over what it once was, uh, the 40-some million dollars pumped into that place, uh, really shows. Uh, what were your impressions of, of the Tigers' new spring home, new old spring home, I should say? You know, it, it really got a pretty good pace for us. Um, you know, the, the new facilities for the players, I mean, it's light years ahead of where it was, and I, I think it catches them up with other teams and then some. Uh, you know, the clubhouse is arguably nicer than what they have in Detroit, which will be interesting to see if they have to make a similar move for their clubhouse there. And they, they added a weight room that I think has got to be one of the largest in all of spring training, if not baseball overall. Um, huge, like, two-story facility. I mean, it doesn't encompass two stories, but it's that high, um, you know, with equipment. I think part of the deal with that is that they want injured players to be able to begin their rehabs down here and have all the equipment they need at their at their access before they start picking up their rehab assignments elsewhere in the minor leagues. Uh, the fans so far, it's you know, seating-wise, it's, it's, it's an interesting mix. You know, they added some cover to the seats to try to protect from the sun, which has been an issue in recent years. But they also added some areas for groups on in the uh, on the outfield, you know, party deck in right field, uh, you know, the berm with a, a bar area out there in left. And uh, they have a concourse that basically goes all the way around the stadium, which I don't think they've ever had here before, which, you know, as hmm. odd as that may seem. But, uh it really, it's, uh, it, it was a big, uh, I think as Al Avila said, you know, it was kind of like the Beverly Hillbillies going from you know, <laughs> moving moving on up into, uh, into luxury. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, obviously a longstanding relationship there with the city of Lakeland and uh, great to see that relationship continue here moving forward. And, um, and that's a ballpark that just has so much history to it and is now uh, up there, you know, as far as uh, amenities go for, for the average casual fan going to check it out. So certainly recommend that. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, with the passing of Mike Illich, um, you know, there's a new ownership look now with the Tigers as well. But it, it stays in the family uh, with, with Chris Illich taking over. I know you uh, you and the rest of the Tigers beat crew had a chance to catch up with uh, – Mr. Illich here recently to get his thoughts on the transition. What, what's the expectation here? Is it going to be business as usual with the Tigers? Is there going to be some kind of major change as a result of uh, Mr. I's passing and, and the handing over of the torch? Or what do you expect? Yeah, he, uh, uh, the way that Chris Illich was talking, it, it should be a continuation of what their plan has been for a while now. Uh, he talked to the players Friday morning, and then he talked with us. And what he said was that uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and that he shares his uh, father's passion for baseball. I think, I think the Tigers have been, you know, in some ways planning for this. Um, you know, over the last few months, I think some of this factored into the way they were proceeding over the off season. Was it? You know, I think, regardless of uh, Mike Ilitch's health, the, the, the days of spending over the luxury tax probably weren't going to continue. And that factored into 
what they were doing in terms of you know, at least looking into some off-season deals and, and seeing what they could get from veterans and trying to get younger. From what Chris Olitz was saying, he's on board wholeheartedly with uh, Al Vila's plan for investing in player development and, and trying to build talent from within. So from that same point, I don't think there's going to be any drastic change, of course. I, and I think they, they do intend to see what they can do with this team this year and, and see if they can win one in, uh, in my coach's honor, even, even though they couldn't, uh, they couldn't do well with a lot. Well, let's shift from the uh, big picture to the small back uh, and, and looking at the lineup construction for 2017. The Tigers don't have a, a true or uh, obvious uh, number two hitter. Uh, what are your thoughts on Nick Castellanos potentially batting in that second spot? You know, it kind of reminds me of one of Jim Leland's old tricks as a manager. Uh, one of the things he liked to do, even though he didn't do it full time, was every so often he'd put a power hitter up in that two spot just to uh, provide a little bit of punch. There's an idea he said he stole from Tony LaRusso. You'd see Marcus Tens back in the day batting up there sometimes. I think sometimes Brandon Inch would bat up there. Um, you know, maybe some other guys over the years. I think Castellanos fits that. I also think part of it would be an upside play. He's a guy that I don't think gets enough respect for what he does in terms of contact aside from home runs. He's a tremendous line drive hitter. He's had one of the best line drive rates in terms of centering the ball, really, you know, in, in the American League, if not all of baseball, over the past couple of years, even though he hasn't had the average to go with it. You buy into the idea that there's more room for growth after what he did last year before the hand injury, then I think you could easily see him taking advantage of an increase in strikes as you would see in theory batting in front of Miguel Cabrera. And he wants to do it. He he was the guy who went to that office and said he wanted to be considered for it. Uh, They're batting Victor Martinez up there right now, but that's more about getting him as many at-bats as they can without having to play in the time before he goes off to World Baseball Classic, I think we'll get more of an idea what Osmus intends to do with that spot later on in spring as we start seeing a little bit more reflective batting orders. Uh, I think Cassianos is going to be considered. Uh, Justin Upton will not be considered. Danny Martinez will not. I think Jose Iglesias wouldn't mind doing it, although um, I don't know if, given his on-base percentage, if he would be the, the leading candidate or not. So, if you go by that field, I think Cassianos has as good of a chance as anybody to take that spot. Tigers had their first injury of camp uh, with Tyler Collins, and I'm just wondering how does that impact that center field uh, position battle? Uh, obviously, it's the most interesting position battle the Tigers have going on, so how does that affect Collins in that in that regard? Osman says it doesn't affect it very much, if at all. Uh, he's still going to be able to hit. He can still run. So what he's been doing – the last couple of days is pinch hitting for the DH, in most cases, Victor Martinez, and then staying in the game for an extra bat that way. The one thing he can't do right now is throw. Um, that, that string lat injury is, is up around his armpit. So he says he can still swing a bat fine, and so far he's looked that way. And he can still run, of course. I, I think once you start getting closer to minor league games getting underway, you might see him playing some center field and camp games under the guys that he wouldn't be throwing the ball back into the infield. I don't know if he would flip the ball to one corner guys or what would happen there. But uh, unless it lingers beyond the 10 to 14 days, 
that they're saying they expect it to. I, I don't think it's going to have a drastic effect on the, on the center field mix at camp, although it does give an opportunity for Mike and Matook to get more starts out there and maybe lay a claim that he deserves more than what would look like going in to be a more likely a platoon role. All right, Beck, so you're a traveling man. You've been on the road covering the Tigers uh, quite a bit in the last uh, decade plus. We want to uh, ask you your Give me a favorite story from the road. What, what, what's a story that kind of sums up life on the road for Jason Beck? Wow, favorite story from the road. Bring all my exotic travels around the American League Central, huh? <laughs> um, you know, I, one, one favorite trip, and it, and it certainly was abnormal, but there was the series in Pittsburgh in '09. For some reason, the Tigers and Pirates have matched up in their league often enough where it feels like an annual trip. And their series in 09 in Pittsburgh seemed to fall right around, it was, it was right around the time that the Stanley Cup finals were going on between the Penguins and Red Wings. And while the Tigers and Pirates were opening their series in Pittsburgh, the Penguins and Wings were playing game seven, I believe it was, in Detroit. And but the, the Penguins ended up winning that game. I think the, team, the games were going on at the same time. And I remember. I was staying at the Marriott across the street from where the uh, old hockey arena was. And I went downstairs to the restaurant for, for breakfast. And the weirdest scene, uh, we're in there, and all of a sudden there's a big commotion going on. And in walks Dan Bilesman, who's the Penguins coach at the time, and he's got the Stanley Cup with him. And he's got um, hotel staff and coach and everything posing with the Stanley Cup. And mind you, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania. I grew up a little bit outside of Pittsburgh. So I grew up a Penguins fan. And so I ended up getting a picture with Dan Bilesma with the Stanley Cup. And um, I get back to Detroit, and I've got it on my phone. And I've got a friend who actually played college hockey with Bilesma. So I, get, I send him the photo. He gets it printed out, sends it to get it signed by Dan Bilesma, and sends it back to me. So I've got a signed photo of me in the Stanley Cup, which, by the way, is, is as heavy as it looks. It was crazy. Yeah. I can do it. I, even just you know, holding part of it with Biles, I couldn't believe I could hold it up. I'm, I'm not a strong guy. And I've got that somewhere in, um, in my collection of photos. And it was just, it was so odd because I'm just, you know, I go down to breakfast and like, you know, shorts and a T-shirt. Think I'm gonna go out for a run afterwards. I end up getting a photo with the Stanley Cup. Just crazy. Very cool. Right place at the right time, and uh, you know, one of many great stories to begin at a Marriott breakfast. Uh, we we know that <laughs> well uh, in the baseball writing community. Uh, so I want to thank uh, Beck for sharing that one. Good one, Beck. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Detroit Tigers edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.